0: Hey guys, before I begin, can I just give a huge thank you to all the supportive, sweet, super incredibly nice comments on my latest Instagram post about the future of this podcast. Um, Super bittersweet, but I am really excited about the decision that I've made. However, it was a very difficult one. So um, thanks for kind of keeping my head up on that one because I was really struggling with it. Um, Secondly, I'm holding Belly Women Prenatal in my hand right now. They were nice enough to send me one so that I could kind of look it over, look over the ingredients. And my question is, why is every prenatal these days not folate based? This one is, thankfully, and I just love that about it. But like, seriously, why is every prenatal not folate based? I don't, I don't understand. Um, and also I love that they have belly women and they have belly men because, you know, quoting their words from their website two prenatals, are better than one and yeah i truly believe that kind of a cool, kind of a cool concept um anyways they did offer me a discount to throw out to you guys let me just look it up here because i am clearly unorganized okay got it here it is l-a-m-10 and that's capital l-a-m-10 Ten for 10% off so go snag yourself and your man some belly women and belly men prenatal multivitamins for 10% off and I'll go ahead and I will leave that link in the description of this episode but like I said LAM10 is your code at checkout all right let's get into today's episode Hello everyone. We have Liz Clarkin on today's episode all the way from England, which is just so cool. I love how many different women from different areas we are getting on this podcast. I just think it's amazing where this is all reaching. Liz, I am so excited to hear more about your story. I am just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like.
1: Okay. Um, So yeah, I'm Liz. I live in England. I'm 38 years old. Uh, I started trying for a baby um, it was about a year after we got married we got married in 2016 and we started trying for a baby in 2017. Um, I actually remember very clearly the first time I did the ovulation sticks because we were on a road trip in America um, in the deep south so that was cool Um, and we were very excited and you know we were a little bit very knowledgeable but knowledgeable about how long it would take and i remember that first month and we were in america and we did the sticks and we thought oh this could be it you know this could be the you know we might conceive a baby in america how cool and it didn't go that way it took about 10 months to conceive the first time um so i had my first miscarriage uh august 2018 so yeah the next Um, it was a missed miscarriage. So I went to my 12 week scan, um, hoping everything would be fine. But I was aware of missed miscarriages. I'd heard about it a little bit, uh, but I didn't expect it would be. I was like, a lot of people think, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. And we were quite positive. Um, I hadn't had any sort of symptoms of anything being wrong. So we were pretty excited when I we went to that first 12 week scan. Um, and yeah, it was a missed miscarriage, and I'd miscarried at about eight weeks on that first one. Um, so yeah, so obviously really, really distressing, quite shocking. As I say, we didn't have any symptoms, and we just picked ourselves up and just did ourselves off, and we, you know, we carried on. Um trying again so um, i got pregnant again the following year which was february 2019 um, had a second miscarriage and that again was a mis- miscarriage um we'd had an early scan at eight weeks because because of my previous miscarriage they'd said okay come in early we'll look at you eight weeks and there was a heartbeat so that was really exciting we thought we were on a, on a, on a good track with that. Then we went back for the 12-week scan and, again, I missed miscarriage. And I'd miscarried there about nine weeks. And again, no symptoms at all, that anything was wrong. So, yeah, that was, that was really tough to have the second one because then I started thinking, well, there's something wrong now. There must be something wrong with me. Um, so we really wanted to start investigations. Um, but here in England, you have to have three miscarriages before you can have investigations on the National Health Service. So we knew we couldn't really do anything at that stage um, unless we went privately and paid to have some investigations. So we did that. So we did some private tests um, and really thorough tests as well. Um, We had a lot of different things checked like thyroid. follicle counts, progesterone, various blood tests, checking for vitamin D levels, um, AMH. Yeah, a really full range. Um, And everything came back fine. Everything was normal. Um, I had quite a few scans um, because they did pick up that there was something that they couldn't identify near my ovary. They said it wasn't on my ovary and it wasn't in my fallopian tube, but they'd found something, some sort of unknown mass. Um, so that was a little bit worrying, so they said, um, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't actually know what that is. Um, and we'd, we'd asked to have some tests on, on the National Health Service as well, so we were waiting to hear back, but we knew it, it was unlikely we would, we would get many, many tests from them because we'd only had two miscarriages. Um, but then we did actually hear that our hospital was looking at women who'd had two miscarriages and were over the age of 35, which I was. So I then did qualify for some tests, some free tests. So, yeah, we, we started looking into that. And there were very similar tests. Um, there was an additional test they did, which was karyotyping, which was looking at our genetics. So we had that, that done as well. Um, and my husband got checked as well, Um, he had his um, sperm check, so everything was fine there, um, and again, once we had these NHS tests, they did a lot of scans, and they did find again this unknown mass that was sort of floating around near my ovary, um, and the same as the private test, they didn't know what it was, so they had to do quite a few tests on that, and that was that was quite worrying. They did some tests to check it wasn't cancer. And he just sort of said, well, it might go away. We'll just have to keep an eye on it. So it was a bit strange um, not knowing what it was. So, so yeah, so then where are we up to now? So I think after we found out everything was fine, we just carried on trying, um, trying again so i got pregnant again in august 2019 and i had a third miscarriage and that one was at six weeks Um, and that one was different because it was a very visible miscarriage it wasn't a missed miscarriage like the previous ones um just started bleeding really heavily and went to hospital and yeah um they suspected a miscarriage but it was over a weekend and they couldn't do the, the the ultrasound and it was a bit distressing so we had to go back on the monday a couple of days later and yeah they confirmed it it was a miscarriage at 6 weeks so that was really tough because <clears throat> it was a third miscarriage and you know we'd been told that everything looked good with me with me and my husband we'd had all the tests and it's just frustrating thinking there's nothing that you can do to really help the situation there's nothing to fix and we really did find that quite difficult you know um so the only thing um that they could do for us really at that point was um refer us to a recurrent miscarriage clinic so because I'd had three miscarriages the NHS said they would look into it more Um, after the third miscarriage so we got referred to a specialist which was really good Um, and I think we saw her sort of yeah a few months after that third miscarriage in the autumn of 2019 and yeah she just sort of she was quite focused on IVF which you know it was great that they were offering us that and for free on the NHS which is amazing and you know really grateful for that but We didn't really feel like we were at the right stage to do IVF. We wanted to keep trying naturally and hopefully have some sort of medication, some sort of something different to do before we tried again. We just didn't want to keep doing the same thing and have it turn out wrong. So it just seems madness to keep doing the same thing (laughs) and expecting a different result. So we really were hoping for some medication, something that would would make it feel different so so yeah so so that doctor's yeah she she said look I would suggest IVF so give it six months come back next year if you're not pregnant by by March in 2020 we can give you IVF so it was great that we've been offered it but That also added pressure because she was giving us a bit of a time, a bit of a deadline. Um, So that was a bit bit tough knowing that we sort of had a six-month window to try and get pregnant again. And obviously we didn't have to take the IVF, but there wasn't much else she could really offer us at that point. She was kind of saying, look, you're healthy, your husband's healthy, there's no reason you can't have a baby to turn. So... So yeah, we went away and started trying again. Um, And I got pregnant in January, 2020. And I actually had another appointment to see the recurrent miscarriage specialist. And I saw a different doctor. And she did recommend some medication and she said, I should take some progesterone, even though my progesterone levels had been tested and they were fine. She suggested progesterone pessaries uh, and start them immediately. So, so, yeah, I started taking them in January and I 2020, and I didn't know I was pregnant at this point. I was literally a few days pregnant when I saw her. And I started taking the progesterone. And she also said, once you get to Eight weeks pregnant, when you next fall pregnant, you can start taking low dose aspirin. So that was really good because we felt like we had a plan, we had something to do that was different, and hopefully that would make the difference and I'd be able to, to carry a baby to term. So we felt really positive after seeing that doctor. Um so yeah, and then a few weeks later I found out I was pregnant for the fourth time. So know we were so excited but very tentative you know given the previous pregnancies just holding ourselves back a little bit and um so we were on the i was on the progesterone that was going fine and i started taking the aspirin actually from the positive test because although it was against the doctor's advice they did say start from eight weeks pregnant I did feel like that would be too late given my previous miscarriages had been six, eight, nine weeks. And I'd heard heard of other people starting the aspirin from a positive test as well. And I know different hospitals have different protocols and I'd heard that other hospitals were saying it's fine to take it from a positive test. So I went ahead, I started taking the aspirin as soon as I had that positive test. And... Yeah. So, so when we realized I was pregnant, we phoned the clinic and said, yeah, I'm taking the progesterone. I'm also taking the aspirin. They weren't very happy about that because (laughs) they said, look, we did say start at eight weeks, but okay. (laughs) So I went back in and they then gave me some weekly scans. So from, I think it was from about six weeks, they started giving me a a weekly scan. It's really hard to remember. Um, yeah, up until about 10 weeks, which was really good. It was also quite nerve-wracking because of our previous experience with scans and the mis- miscarriage. Mis- miscarriages, Yeah, scans, mixed feelings about that it can be really daunting and it can be worrying going in there. So, yeah, I had weekly scans and that was a good thing. We got, we got to see that the, the, the baby was okay and everything was progressing each week, which was really really did give us a lot of hope and then yeah once we got past 8 weeks 8 I think it was 9 weeks that was the furthest we'd ever got so we started to get a little bit a little bit more excited um and yeah on the 10 week scan we could really see a lot of movement with the baby and we could see the little baby shape and it was really really special so that was really exciting and then they actually sort of discharged me from that Current miscarriage clinic and sent me back to my normal hospital and I was under usual sort of care from then on and I had a 12-week scan and everything was really good and yeah from then on it was just a normal sort of pregnancy um, and I had my baby last October so yeah October 2020 I had my little girl who's called Ren and she's yeah three, three months old now
0: so exciting isn't it I mean you literally advocated for yourself and just took the aspirin we got to do what we want right
1: yeah it was a little bit naughty but hey you know your own body don't you and you know your own experiences and
0: I did a few things like
1: that myself so yeah
0: yeah Uh, well I'm so happy for you how so how was the how was pregnancy after loss
1: Really, really tough. Um, I just think I just we both, me and my husband, just felt so tentative about it. We we just didn't really let ourselves get very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just too burned by the previous miscarriages. And yeah, especially those first twelve weeks, you just feel so on edge. You just every time I went to the toilet, I was expecting to see blood you know, every sort of twinge, every pain, you're thinking, oh, I'm losing the baby. So it's really difficult. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And did, I don't know if
0: this happened to you, but for me, did the, so did the end of pregnancy really get anxiety filled as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would remember say
0: that- as I got closer to like delivering, I got, I had like more fear that I was going to lose.
1: Yeah. Them. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like the second trimester was really good. Yes. Because uh, it's quite uneventful. Um, so yeah, the first one really, really tough. Second was quite uneventful and just, I felt really normal. felt good. I didn't have any sickness or anything and just, yeah, it just felt, felt good. And then the third trimester, like you said, the, the worry starts to creep back and you just think, am I actually going to get this baby? You know, we still have that little piece of ourselves that we're holding back. Thinking mm. that this might not go, go to plan. Yeah. Totally.
0: Now I always ask at the end of every episode if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it
1: be? Oh. Well, definitely watch your channel because I honestly took so much comfort from your videos, Shelly. I really did. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I, had, I had some really dark days, really dark dark months. Um and your videos really kept me going and you know i think one of the phrases you said was keep your eyes on the prize mm-hmm. and that that really stuck with me and i really when i had difficult days i kept thinking that um it really helped me um and also i had acupuncture i, I saw a f- fertility acupuncturist and she really helped me and she was almost like a counselor as well she really listened to everything i was going through and she did a lot of acupuncture around as I say fertility and you know getting pregnant and holding a pregnancy so that was that felt like the right thing to do and like I was you know doing something proactive because there's so little you can do as you know it's, mm-hmm. it's really a lot of luck so it it felt like I was doing something good to help the pregnancy along yeah so I would recommend acupuncture um and yeah, just really talking to friends and family because they really get you through. And I had a wonderful network of friends and family around me, and I, I just really think you've got to keep talking and keep that dialogue going because it's it can be really lonely going through this on your own. Absolutely. And if
0: somebody wants to reach out to you, Liz, where could they do so?
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram. So um, my Instagram handle is Mrs Elizabeth Clarkin. All one word. Um, so, if anybody wants to to chat about their experience, I'm I'm very happy to, to talk to anyone who needs someone to talk to. To I say I I found it so helpful to talk to people who, you know, gone through similar experiences. Um, and your podcast and your YouTube channel really helped me and helped me connect with other people as well. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. I mean, I started that because I needed. I needed the people too, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I just appreciate you watching and listening. And I'm so happy that it found you. And I'm so happy you have your rainbow baby. Oh, and, thank you. Yes, yeah. they'll have to keep us posted moving forward. I don't know what your guys' plan is. It's pretty early to start <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but life after miscarriage is life after miscarriage and It can be difficult even after the rainbow baby. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, all right, well, I will chat with you
1: soon. Oh, thank you, Shelly. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to shellymetling.com, click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.